Good evening. Are you guys having fun so far? Uh, first off, I just want to say just a word of uh, thanks. My, my name is Alex Barrett, and I'm the lead pastor of Ridgeview Church. And we are a relatively new church, and we've been going about two years. And uh, we really, this Christmas, wanted to do an event that we could invite our family and friends to, that we could invite our community to. And like Ben mentioned, I believe this has been a year that's marked by more isolation than, than we're used to. And it's been a year that's probably been marked with more hardship uh, than we've been used to. But we really wanted to do this so that we could remember in the middle of the hard things and in the middle of the isolation that we've experienced that Christmas is still Christmas regardless of the season and there is still hope uh, to be found. And so uh, we're so glad that you've decided to join us. And I just wanted to just say a word of thanks and acknowledgement to all of the many volunteers uh, who have helped pull uh, this evening off. So if you are a volunteer that has been helping behind the scenes uh, today and even uh, before today in the weeks leading up to this, if you could just raise your hand uh, high in the air like those kids were just waving there, just wait, like, and let's give them a hand for all the work that they've done. Thank you guys for all the ways that, that you have, have served us. Um, I just want to share briefly a uh, kind of the central message of, of what Christmas is all about. And if you're like me, every year I forget at Christmas time how exhausting a Christmas can be. Now, if you're a child, you think, I have never felt that in my life. Christmas is the most exciting season, and, and it is. Uh, but when you're an adult, sometimes you forget uh, maybe what the season is about, and you're busy running around, and you're busy with work and everything else that happens. And so it's really easy to get into maybe just the feeling of being tired or overwhelmed. And so adults, have any of you felt tired or overwhelmed in the last few weeks, just kind of with, with life? Anyone? Right? That's, that's easy. Yeah, yeah, we could cheer for that. Um, that's what tends to happen at this time of year. But in the middle of the busyness, it's always so important to take a step back and to ask, what is this season all about? But it's really easy as you get caught up in life, to forget. And so I want to just kind of paint briefly the meaning of Christmas and what it's all about so we can actually maybe cut through some of the things that are distracting, maybe cut through some of the things that are exhausting and remember um, where hope can be found. So Christmas has always been and will always be about love. Now you could go to Walmart right here and you could probably find that on a card. Isn't that like the most cliche Thing you've ever heard. It's all about love. But the fact of the matter is, it's true. God actually made us, he made me, he made you to have a relationship with us. He wants to know us, he wants to lead us, he wants to guide us. So at the core of our existence, according to the scriptures, is the fact that God made humanity and he made us have a relationship with him. What that means is he made us not so that we would be alone. He made us so that we wouldn't even just have these relationships here on earth, but he made us so that we would have a relationship with him. He wanted us to have the best life possible. The creation looking to the creator, the guide guiding those who need direction. But if you're like me, it's, it's easy to feel lost in life. It's easy to feel, again, overwhelmed or worn out, or exhausted, discouraged, and a lot of that is due to the fact that although God made us to know him and to lead us and to love us, 
we really want to do life independent from him. Now, independent kids is kind of a big word, but it's kind of like when your parents tell you to do something, is there ever a time when your parents tell you to do something and you do the opposite? Anyone ever experienced that? Yes, I believe that was my son. That's true. There exists in every relationship, especially if you're a child, if your parent tells you to do something like clean your room, oftentimes you can find so many other things to do apart from that. And it's the same in a relationship with God. He loves us. He wants to guide us. He wants to know us. He wants to draw close. But just like kids relating to their parents, we relate to him as our spiritual father at a distance. And this year has been marked with a word that I've never used before, before 2020. And it's this word, social distancing. How many of you have heard of that phrase before? All of you, right? Social distancing. I've never heard that before 2020. But what I have heard before and what I've seen is not social distancing, but spiritual distancing. And that is a God who loves us, but because we want life our own way, because we want things on our own terms, we distance ourselves from God, our creator. We want to do things on our own terms, according to our own schedule, according to our own goals. And so before social distancing was everything, spiritual distancing was an issue and a problem that we've all had. So it's kind of a crazy picture. A God who has all the power in the world that is what the Bible calls almighty and all loving made us to know us But in our mind, we thought we knew better. And that's really what sin is. It's the fact that God made us to love us, but we thought we knew better and wanted to do our own thing. We wanted to rebel. We wanted to be by ourselves. Now, I don't know about you, but have you heard this before in the Christmas story? This is kind of a downer, right? It's not the most uplifting message. But the reason that's so important is because, again, if Christmas has always been and will always be about love, then there really is hope. Because even though I've done my own thing and you've done your own thing, and we've spiritual distanced ourselves from God, it's never too late. And did you know that's what Christmas is all about? No matter the distance that exists between us and God, God again took the initiative, again as the most powerful the most loving. He took the initiative to close the distance. And he closed the distance by sending his son, Jesus. And he sent his son, Jesus, to this earth to rescue us from our own independence, to save us from our own independence. And that is the best news because although we want to be independent, that's not the best life we've ever had. Now, I want you just to kind of illustrate this a little bit. Have you ever had a day to yourself and you've done whatever you have wanted? So just for a moment, take about 10 to 15 seconds. If I were to say tomorrow, you don't have to work. Kids, you don't have to do anything your parents tell you. This is just what they call an illustration. It's not real. Don't say Pastor Alex told me this, right? But but if this was an imaginary exercise, tomorrow you could do whatever you want. Take 10 seconds. What would you do? If you could do whatever you wanted tomorrow, what would you do? Take just a moment to think about that.
Now I'm going to ask for you to be brave. Who would like to yell it out? Okay, what would you do? Okay, so an early morning prayer and call upon the family. Wish them love. Yes. Spend all my parents' money. Yes. Get a Lamborghini. There you go. Anyone think sleeping in would be a high-ranking priority? Okay, now we're getting real. We may not get a Lamborghini, but we could sleep in. What are some others? Yes. Video games. Any other kids? Video games. Now, here's the thing. As great as that sounds, if you had a Lamborghini or if you had all your parents' money or if you could sleep in, isn't it true, though, in life, sometimes when you get what you've been waiting for and you get it, it's not satisfying? For me, the thought of like, let's watch movies, let's eat snacks, but then like halfway through the day, you kind of feel gross. Like, you know what? I probably need some sunshine. I probably need to get up. And if you spend everyone's money, then what do you do tomorrow when you have no more? That's what life is like. We spend our time searching to do everything that we want, and when we finally get it, it doesn't satisfy. And that's what Christmas is all about, to rescue us from ourselves, even when it seems like we get the very thing that we want. Because life outside of God and his ways is not a full life. So God knew this. He knew that sin separated us from him. He knew that our independence, although it felt good for a season, it's still distant ourselves from our creator. And anytime you're distant from your creator, you're not full. You don't have the full meaning. It's like you're missing parts. You don't know how to operate. You don't know how to function. And so God sent his son to close the distance. And I want to pick up the story in Matthew chapter one. And because of God's love, he sent Jesus fully God from the beginning of time to become a human, fully human at the same time. And because he wanted him to have the full human experience, he didn't come as an adult. He came as a baby. And that's what we celebrate during this season. The fact that God sent his son to be with us, to close the distance. This is what it says in Matthew chapter one. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. So anytime you read that in the Bible, it's giving you kind of a setup, like pay attention. These are facts. These are things that you want to remember. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, this is verse 19 of chapter one, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. Then the story goes on. And he considered this, Joseph, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. So the songs we just sang, we talked about angels we have heard on high. There's a sense of when God enters history, angels become a part of this story and the angel gets Joseph's attention. It says, Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, conceived by God. And she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Verse 23, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, 
The virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The moment Jesus came to this earth and he was conceived and he was born, the distance between us and God was closed. The distance now made it accessible through this Jesus, through this Emmanuel. Now he was with us. There's a sense of which we can connect back to God, our creator. And that's why the Christmas story has always been and will always be about love because God loved us so much. He sent his son. I want to shift gears a moment and talk about what it would have been like, if you can, just to imagine God preparing Jesus for that moment that he would enter earth. You see, Jesus has always been, he's eternal. He's from the beginning of time. There is no end to him. He's, he's eternal, just like God. You can imagine this point, this, this rescue plan, this time to close the distance and God preparing Jesus for this moment. And what I wanna do is I wanna briefly kind of interview what it would have been like to talk to Jesus about what he was being prepared to do. Because oftentimes when we think about Christmas, we think about just a baby, but sometimes we fail to realize the fullness of the story because his life didn't end. He grew, he had a ministry, he taught people about his father and the kingdom of God. And ultimately he died for us to again, pay the price for that independence that we all chose. So if we could imagine what it would have been like to interview Jesus, to give him like, what are the objectives that he had and to hear from him. And we're gonna kind of dig into the word of God to let Jesus speak for himself. And so here are some questions. Now, like Ben mentioned, there's your program. And if you wanna follow along, there's a handout that has all these scriptures. And I encourage you, take this with you as you leave. You can also find it at ridgeviewchurch.com worship. And all this information is on there. But read this for yourself. See this because, again, it's the most powerful story we could ever hear. And I think God has brought us for this moment to remember the truth of this story. So imagine this interview and God prepping him and reminding him. And he asked the first question, Jesus, before I send you to the earth, what is your mission? Again, before you do anything, you need to know what your mission is because it sets direction for what you do. And Jesus' answer to that question is, I will go to bring them full life. That is my mission. I will go to bring them a full life. How do we know that's true? Because Jesus himself said that decades later in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief, it's speaking about the enemy, Satan himself. He comes to take us out, but Jesus he came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Now, abundantly is a word that we don't use a lot, but it's the full measure. It's overflowing life. Not just an okay life, an average life, a so-so life. Jesus came that we may have the fullness of what life is, not lacking life, vitality, not lacking grace, not lacking hope. He came so we would have life overflowing, full of hope, full of peace, overflowing with goodness. So that's the first question. What is your mission? I've come to give everyone a full life. Now that is great news, right? 
That is great news, but the story doesn't end. The next question, if we were to interview Jesus, was, well, that's your mission, but who are you going for? Is it a select group? Is it for a select time? Is it for a select place? Who are you going for? And this would have been his answer. I'm not going for perfect people, but for the broken, not the healthy, but the sick. I'm not going for perfect people. Now, isn't that also good news? Because you know what? If anyone knows me, you know that I'm not perfect. Amen? Amen. And everyone that knows you know that you're not perfect. Amen? Now, you're like, what does amen mean? Amen actually means to agree. Like, amen, that's right. So if anyone's to say, I'm not perfect, all of us would say, yes, I've seen you drive on that freeway. Right? So none of us are perfect. So when Jesus says, who am I going for? I'm not going for the perfect. I'm not going for the healthy. I'm not going for everyone who has life together. I'm going for those who are in need of life. I'm going for those who life is unraveled, who feel empty, who feel disconnected. And this is what he, we find in Luke 5 about his life. Jesus answered them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come, that fell, didn't it? I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. Healthy people, they don't need to see a doctor. Healthy people don't need help. But healthy people also can miss. And the healthy there is talking about people who think they have it all together. So if you feel like you're lacking in your life, if you feel that you've got issues, Jesus came for you. Jesus came for those who know they need help, for those who know they need new direction. Now, we can be sick physically, and certainly we live in a time where everyone is concerned with sickness, but did you know, because of spiritual distance, we can be sick spiritually. We can be sick with fear. We can be sick with pride. We can be sick with discouragement. We could be sick with depression. We could be sick with all sorts of things. But as we find the depth of our sickness the love of God goes even deeper. And Jesus came for those who are fully sick to heal them and to help them. The next question, why are you going? So we know the who, he's going for those that need help. We know the mission, he's going to give a full life. But the next one is, well, why? Well, why are you going? Very important question, the why. Because the why fuels the what and the how. And this would have been Jesus' answers. Why am I going? I'm going to seek and save those who are lost, to rescue those trapped in sin. This is what he says in John 3. Now, you may have heard of this scripture. It's probably one of the most famous verses of all time, John 3, 16. Have you ever seen that sign at a ball game, John 3, 16? Anyone? It's probably the most popular verse. This is what it says. For this is how God loved the world. Again, Christmas was and will always be about love. This is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, will not die, but have eternal life, forever life, everlasting life. Then verse 17, God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. If you feel lost in life, 
and you feel overwhelmed in life and you feel like you're in search of guidance and direction, what you're feeling is, again, the spiritual distance. And thankfully, through Jesus Christ, him coming with us, the distance can close for all those who turn to Jesus for help. Jesus also said this in Luke 19, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. So again, this is great encouragement. The more lost we feel, the more we can recognize the need for Jesus. The more discouraged we feel, we recognize we have a need for hope that can be found in Jesus. The more powerless we feel, the more weak we feel, we can realize that we can find strength in the person of Jesus. So Christmas is the celebration of the Emmanuel who was born God with us, but who came to give full life, who came to heal the sick, who came to rescue the lost, who came for everyone. And here is the most important question that we could ask Jesus, and the answer is so important. So far, this interview has been one-sided. It's all about why did Jesus come? What did he do? What was his purpose? What was his mission? Now the question turns on us. What does this mean for me? What does it mean for you? What does it mean for every single person in Southern California, for every single person in California, for every single person in our nation and the entire world? This is the question. What do they, what do we, what do you, what do I need to do? If this is true, if this is real, if Jesus came to do all these things, what is it we need to do? And Jesus thankfully answered that as well. The answer is this. What you need to do and what I need to do is we need to leave our isolation, our independence, our rebellion. We need to leave it and come to Jesus. That's the answer. Leave their isolation and come to me. So again, all the power and all the work is done through Jesus himself. He's done everything. He came to this earth to be with us. He paid the price for our sin, which is punishable from death, and he paid that price for our sin. He closed the distance. He invited us to follow him, and now he just says, you have to leave your independence. You have to leave your isolation. You have to come to me. Pay attention to these words. It's so encouraging in Matthew 11. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. That is, come to me, all who have a weight upon your shoulders and you cannot bear it. Come to me, all who are overwhelmed. Come to me, all who are confused. Come to me, all who are in need of hope because you feel hopeless. Come to me, all who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you, pay attention to that word, rest. Come to me and I will give you, everybody say it, rest. One more time. Come to me and I will give you rest. Now, this is not just rest in the, the, the physical sense, like where I need a nap. It's rest where you can stop the running of the roller coaster, of the wheel of fulfillment. You can find rest knowing that fulfillment is found in Jesus who came with us, who came here The spiritual distance has been closed. Come to me and I'll give you rest. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you. A yoke was like the wooden thing that they'd put on an animal and they would steer the animal or the ox of where to go. 
And what Jesus is saying is all of us have these burdens, we have these goals, we have these priorities, and they're steering us for the most part in the wrong direction. We keep working, but we have nothing to show for our life. We keep heading in a direction and we still feel lost. It's like we're on this constant just U-turn and we keep U-turning and U-turning. We're moving a lot, but we're not getting any traction. And the yokes that we put on ourselves again, is a yoke of independence. And so what Jesus is saying is, take that yoke off and put my yoke on because I have paid the price. I have done what's necessary to give you rest. I've done what's necessary to save you. You will find rest again for your souls. And then verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When you turn your life and you become a Christian, you decide to make Jesus the boss. And that's the picture of I'm gonna take not the yoke of my independence, the yoke of my rebellion and just keep doing the same thing. I'm actually gonna follow Jesus for the first time. And what the scripture is saying, the promise is, is if you decide to follow Jesus, although life will still be difficult and you'll still have problems and you will still have pain, you now have somebody who will lift the burden with you. You will now have somebody who's going before you so you can follow. So the trail is easier because you have God leading you forward. So the Christmas story has always been and will always be about love for Jesus who came to close our spiritual distance. And no matter what you have done or where you are, how tough this year has been, God's designed and created us for this moment. We can decide, I can follow Jesus. And if you're a follower of Christ, you can continue to follow him and recommit to that. And if you've never decided to follow Jesus tonight, you can decide, I need Jesus to lift the burden of my life. I need to follow him for the first time. So what do you need to do? That's the last question. And I wanna give you some next steps. So here they are. The first is, if you've never yet decided to follow Jesus, you've never yet decided that I want him to give me that full life, that means that you're gonna do what he says and you're gonna follow him with everything in you. If you've never decided to do that, you can decide to take that step tonight. And on your connection card, there's a place where you could say, contact me about following Jesus. So on the back of that card that Ben had you fill out, it's the green card, you could do it online. Mark that, and we will follow up with you. If you can't see it, you just write, follow Jesus, and we will follow up with you. So if you never decide to do that, you can decide that decision tonight. That could be the greatest decision, and it will be the greatest decision that you ever make. The second is if you'd like to learn more about Jesus and him being with us, you can sign up for a Bible plan. A Bible plan means that I'll just get into the scriptures for myself and I'll maybe read the Bible. You may have never read the Bible before. And so you can sign up for a Bible plan and we'll do that as a church and you can read uh, some scriptures and you can kind of follow along. And so this next week, starting tomorrow, we're gonna start this Bible plan. And so I encourage you on your connection card, write Bible plan and we will send you that. It's called God with us. So if you'd like to learn more about what the Bible says about this, you can do that plan. And so I encourage you, everyone here, sign up for that. And then the third step is come to the new year hike. Part of leaving your isolation is also connecting to a church. If you're not a part of a church, we would love you to connect with Ridgeview Church. And then you can sign up for the January Jamboree. So there's a couple of decisions that you can make in your relationship with God. And there's a couple of decisions that you can make in relationship to our church.
And if this is the first time you've ever been to anything related to Ridgeview, we're so glad you're here. We wanna close the distance to you. We wanna welcome you. We wanna help you as you wanna be helped. And so we're so glad that you are here tonight and I encourage you to take a next step. So why don't you right now, everybody, finish filling out that connection card and on the back or online, wherever you're deciding to fill that, decide to take a next step. We would love to follow up with you and then we'll give directions on where you can put that card once it's filled out. Once again, I'm so glad that you've decided to join us as we celebrate the fact that Jesus came to earth to save us. I'm gonna pray. We're gonna sing uh, some more songs. I encourage you to do that. Then we're gonna give some final instructions uh, for some ways that you can hang out after the service. So let's pray together as the band comes up. God, thank you so much for your son, Jesus. Thank you for him being Emmanuel. He's here with us. He's not far off. He's not distant. He's not looking at us with disdain. He has come to save us. He's come to give us rest. He's come to to help us. He's come to lift our burden. And I know there's people here right now that are burdened with life. They are discouraged. They are overwhelmed. And God, I just pray right now that you will give them a sense of your presence, that you will give them peace right now. I pray for anyone that has not yet decided to follow you, to take their yoke that, that, that they have of independence, to, to throw that off and decide to follow you for the first time. I pray right now that, that you will draw them to yourself. I pray nothing will hold us back from living our life full in following you and obeying you and, and doing what you say because in you is the most abundant life we could live. So I pray for those struggling. I pray for those in need, God, right now that you will provide for them. You will give them peace and you will give them hope. Thank you for this opportunity to, to sing these songs, to remember what this season is about over this next week. As we move towards Christmas, will you bring this to mind so that we can truly remember the love that has always existed and will always exist because of your son. We thank you in the name of his son, we do pray, amen.